Flames Nation, we are almost 10 days away from not just the biggest sporting event in Liberty football history, the biggest sporting event in all of the history of Liberty University. John Manson, Thursday night tonight, how we living? We're living good, Richie. It's uh, Thursday night. We got, what, 10 days or so until uh, Fiesta Bowl, and, and we got a loaded show tonight. Looking forward to it. There's a lot going on. We're going to be talking Oregon. We're going to be talking bowl game festivities. And we're going to be talking Liberty Twitter Bracket Challenge, the LTBC. It's already starting to gain a little bit of steam, starting to gain some momentum. And we have an exciting announcement about that. We're not going to tell you when, but we can assure you that it's coming tonight. So, John, it's bowl season, and we haven't played yet. All the little little bowls, all little bowls, because, you know, one point, and in, in one moment in time, that was important to us. So I'm not going to knock it, but this year in 2023, the year of our Lord, the little balls are going on right now. What are your thoughts so far? Well, we're still waiting for the big boys to play, right? And that's yeah, exactly. us. exactly. Right? Exactly. Now, you know, it's, it's funny. I was actually, just before we got on here tonight, Richie, I was watching the Boca Bowl. Syracuse, South Florida. Where were we a year ago? We were at the Boca Bowl, and I was reminded. Uh, first memory I had actually when I was thinking about that is not just you know uh, the time we had down there, which was a good time despite the outcome of the game. But it was uh, you know Syracuse's head coach is, is no longer there. They got an interim head coach, and I was reminded, oh yeah, we were in that same position a yep. year ago with uh, you know Coach Freeze had left and gone on to Auburn, and and Coach Aldridge was the interim head coach, and. Coach Chadwell was there on the sideline, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he had that, uh, you know, smile and looked into the camera that uh, kind of went viral a little bit that night. And uh, who would have thought that, you know, here we are a year later, we're not in the Boca Bowl, we're not in the Cure Bowl, we're going to be going to the Fiesta Bowl. And as it says in uh, Christmas lights, as we're just, you know, what, three or four days away from Christmas, on top of Coach Chadwell's house up on the mountain overlooking William Stadium. We are 13-0 and and ready for the Fiesta Bowl. Let's go. What an absolute power move that is as well. You know, when you think Coach Coach Chadwell, you don't think super flashy. He ain't, he ain't Coach Prime. He ain't showing up in the shades and doing all that. But every now and then, he does something like that and just goes, hey, I'm the guy that's here, and don't you forget, I got a little bit of, of swag. Uh, to me as well. So thank you to everyone who is joining us uh, this evening, whether you're live on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe. It helps us out a bunch. It allows us to kind of spread our reach. Uh, and it it lets us know that you're listening and, you, and you're checking it out. So mix it up in the comments, have fun with that. And uh, we're super excited. So John, Conference USA, we talked a little bit about the uh, little bowls already, but Conference USA, a little bit of success. Maybe one of our other uh, G5 conference foes. Maybe not some success. Uh, thoughts so far on that while my blind dog tries to sit on the couch next to me during this. Well, we got a special guest tonight. I didn't know it was going to be yes. your dog, but hey, we got a special guest. It no, uh, it, it's been fun. It's been uh, uh, you know a good start to bowl season with Conference USA. They're 2-1. and one. Uh, we're two and one, I should say. We're two and one bowl season, two and zero over the Sun Belt. Um, you know, so it's been a good start. New Mexico State, unfortunately, came up on the short end of things, but um, it, it's been a good start to the season. It was nice that that Western Kentucky 
uh, Old Dominion game uh, in the famous Toastery Bowl. That was an all-time classic. I was watching that game, and and uh, what was it, twenty-eight to nothing by the end of the first quarter, and uh, kind of was like, what is happening? And I, you know, kind of had it on in the background, wasn't paying attention to it much. And then all of a sudden I, I looked back up and it was, you know, a one score game or, or whatever in the fourth quarter. And that was a, that was a fun ending. And, and I was definitely pulling for the Hilltoppers. It was nice to see them uh, pull it out. But as, as you said uh, on Twitter uh, this week, Richie, it's, it's a lot different to be in bowl season as a part of a conference. And, and I, I agree completely with you. It's fun to kind of pull for those guys and, and everything, but uh, looking forward to the rest of the show. We got got some special guests lined up. We're also going to uh, dive into the Oregon game in a little mm-hmm. while. We're going to talk about the Liberty Twitter bracket challenge uh, later in the show. So stay tuned for that special announcement with that. And uh, but as always, we got our special guy JP Jason Porter locked and loaded. I think he's ready to come in here. And and uh, I heard that he's got a Christmas party going on at his house, but. He's, yeah. skipping, he's skipping that to uh, hang out with us. Let's get uh, JP Dedication. Dedication. Oh, he's he's saying don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody that he's uh, hiding out. In the, where are you at? You, you in the closet or where are you at? I mean, it looks like a hostage situation. I'm not being held against my will, I promise. It's all good. All right, sounds good. So, JP, how are you living tonight, man? How's it going? You uh, snuck out into the back of the house for uh, out of the Christmas party to, to join us for a few minutes? That's it, man. I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys? And uh, man, can you believe we're fiesting? It's just un- unreal, isn't it? it? It it's one of those things, you know. Every every night, and I'm I'm going to bed, and I'm just, you know, my mind's racing, going every which way, and I it always comes back to we're going to the Fiesta Bowl. Like that's such an outlandish thing when you think five years ago, ten years ago, uh, and. We're here. We're there. We are going to be there. And it's still, it's starting to sink in. And it's still, I've said it before here, it's not going to fully sink in until I am there in State Farm Stadium, sitting there watching the pom-pom circumstance. Has it set in for you yet, Jason, or is this still kind of like a, a fever dream? Yeah, it, it's still a little surreal. In fact, I ran into uh, Barry Fink today, the uh, assistant athletic trainer. And Barry and I worked together for a long time with Liberty Football. And <clears throat> excuse me. He and I were just kind of laughing, saying it seems like a couple hours ago we were playing Charleston Southern and Gardner Webb, and here we are going to Phoenix. So um, it's it's definitely surreal. It's just been a meteoric rise. It's been really cool to see what's happened to the program, and um, I'm excited for the guys. I'm excited for the opportunity that that it's going to um, allow Liberty to be on um, the national stage here on so many levels. And I think if nothing else, it's it is making for some must see TV because there's got to be a lot of people that are going. Well, all the rest of these bowl matchups we get, but they may or may not know Liberty, right? So I think there's some great opportunity for us to have some um, some incredible PR this, these next couple of weeks. Yeah, no doubt. One thing that I kind of been chuckling about is you read all the comments, whether they're you know just Liberty haters or or Oregon fans or or SMU fans or whoever it is, and and they keep talking about Liberty's strength of schedule, which I get it. it it's one of the worst in the country, <clears> but that doesn't necessarily mean that Liberty's not a good team just because you play one of the worst schedules. Uh, we don't really know how good this Liberty team is. Like for all we know, they're every bit as good as, as an Oregon, as a, as a Washington, as a Florida state. We don't know that they haven't had the opportunity to prove themselves this year. So I'm, I'm excited for that opportunity that, that this team gets on January 1st and, and uh, on national TV with, you know, one of just a handful of games going on and the only new Year's six game going on that night. So I'm excited for that. So, you 
you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, I, I, I have confidence in this offense to be able to score some points, uh, regardless of who the defense is. And, and, uh, then it just comes down to getting some key stops and some key moments. And, and obviously Oregon's a really good team. They're good on all in all facets, both sides of the ball, special teams, and, and they're going to score some points. You know, it should be a really fun game uh, for people to watch. But, uh, Jason, I know you're going out there to the game. Do you get to travel with the team, or, or what's your uh, itinerary look like for, for your time out in, uh, in Phoenix? Yeah, I am actually uh, have the privilege of taking my family with me. So we're going to leave on the 30th uh, on the Flames Club, multiple planes, as I understand it, which is pretty great. Um, so all four of us will be making the trip out there and uh, kind of hit the ground running, I think, once we get there. But I'm really looking forward to that. And to your point, John, too, I think uh, we're, we're still waiting to see that, that perfect, um, perfect Liberty game. Coach Chadwell talked about it all season. And I think if, if those kind of things begin to align and, you know, it's mistake-free football, be it, um, be it turnovers or certainly um, even penalties and things like that and then control the line of scrimmage, it could be a very, very interesting game with a, with a lot of fun uh, opportunities here with two of the best quarterbacks in, in FBS. Yeah, you know, they say every given uh, any given Sunday, it's a Monday, but any given Monday, and, and I'm a believer that any team can beat any team on any day. Uh, going into it, you mentioned the offense, uh, Liberty specifically, and Oregon, and that they're complete. What's going to have to happen, in your opinion, for Liberty to win this game? Yeah, I think two things that, that that the Flames have done well all year, and we've been talking about it all season, uh, time of possession has been a big deal. Liberty's been able to control the ball. 33 minutes and 43 seconds, good enough for number two in the country. Um, Oregon's not far enough behind that, but you keep the ball out of Bo Nix's hands, and again, who knows what can happen. I think the other thing to pay attention to is going to be the line of scrimmage. You know, uh, again, another narrative that we've talked about, but this line of scrimmage is a little different. Uh, they've got a defensive lineman, uh, Brandon Dorless, starting to do some prep work on, on some of these guys. And he's a Reese's uh, senior bowl pick already on the defensive line for Oregon. And then obviously uh, their, their stud uh, center, Jackson Powers Johnson, I think is his name. Um, is an unbelievable All-American uh, on the offensive line. So they've got some studs on that line of scrimmage. But, again, depending on how the pushes go, depending on uh, if we're able to control Bo Nix and keep him kind of uh, in the pocket and disrupt him a little bit and do some things like that, um, again, mistake-free football as best we can, um, the Flames can battle. I really believe it. And yeah, I think Bo, so, too. I, I think Bo Nix, sorry, sorry, John. Go Bo Nix has been known to make mistakes away from home. You know, before this year, the narrative – a lot of the times with Bo Nix away from home is a different quarterback. There's going to be a lot of Oregon fans there, but he is going to be out of his element. Uh, so I do agree. If you get him off his rhythm, check down Bo, uh, I think good things could happen is going to be one of the key to the game. Sorry, John. I just want to get that Bo Nix point out there. No, you're, you're good. And, and I agree with what you're saying there and, and good points, Richie. But I think with a, a guy like Caden Salter, like uh, you never know Like he's a very talented quarterback as we all know. And, and uh, he's a gamer too. We saw what he did against New Mexico state when conference championship was on the line and he's always come through. He did it against wake forest last year as, as a, you know, red shirt freshman, one of his first starts in his career uh, when he still didn't even know the playbook, right? You know, that's what Coach Freeze talked about last year. And and he just went out there and played. And, and so I'm expecting a big game out of him. And and uh, like you said, JP, it's very important that we, uh, you know, limit the mistakes. You know, you know, if we can get out of there with zero turnovers, that's great. But we certainly need to win the turnover battle. And, uh, you know, those penalties have to be ones that aren't drive killers, uh, ones that aren't extending drives for the Ducks. 
And, uh, and, and, you know, again, this, this defense, we talked a lot about the defense and, and their struggles off and on at times during the year, but they still got the job done each and every week. They got the job done. And whether that was against Sam Houston at the end of the game, getting that, uh, you know, those, those stops all the way down to fourth down with Kobe Singleton's PBU, but, or, you know, interceptions at key times or, or takeaways at key times. So, uh, I'm, I'm confident in, uh, in the defense to, to get the job done when needed. We are going to be a little shorthanded. You know, Preston Hodge isn't going to play. Uh, you know, maybe a couple other defensive players aren't going to play. We're still, still waiting on all the final word on, on a couple of those guys that are in the portal. But uh, we got enough playmakers on that side of the ball and, and certainly on offense that I think, you know, we got a chance to, to keep this things close. And if you get, as long as you keep this game close, you get into that fourth quarter, you got a chance to uh, – to uh, put, again, you're putting all the pressure on Oregon in that situation. There's no pressure on Liberty, even though we're undefeated. Uh, nobody's expecting us to be in the game, even in the fourth quarter. So if you get there and, and you're within striking distance, I, you know I like to like to take a shot there, and, and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's one of those things. You know, have a shot to win the game at the end of the game. We saw, you know, you mentioned the the pass breakup. I have the utmost trust in this offense. Uh, to go down and score to win a game. We haven't seen it this year where it's, hey, two-minute warning, run those plays, make it happen, which makes me think, you know, Coach Shadwell probably has some plays up his sleeve for when he needs it, whether it's a two-point conversion with the game on the line, fourth and ten with the game on the line. Do you think, uh, Porter, that we're going to – oh, might have lost him. Uh, John, do you think we might or boarded back? Uh, do you think <laughs> I, th I think he's got a I think he's got a drop. He was just uh, messaging dropped. saying he's got to go. Uh, he's got tech issues, but we appreciate him uh, stepping out of his of Christmas party to join us tonight. But uh, what was your question there, Richie? So you know, as as I uh, just said, haven't had to really dig deep into the playbook for those plays with the game on the line. Uh, do you think they might have something up their sleeve, something a little different? I, I think anyone would say to win this game, you're going to have to get a little weird and think weird things have happened at the Fiesta ball. <laughs> yeah. The statue of Liberty play. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, you never know. I mean, you know, coach Chadwell and his staff, they've got a, uh, uh, a month to prepare and get a game plan ready to go up against this team. And, and, uh, there's no need in holding anything back at this point in time. I'm sure they'll find, uh, some things they can do to, to take advantage of, uh, of that Oregon defense and, and some mismatches that the Liberty offense may have, but, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, Jason, we got you back. Glad to have you back. I know you're having some All issues, right. but, but Hey, we're, we're going to let you go anyways. I know you're, uh, taking a few minutes out of your time to, to uh, you know, miss that Christmas party, but we'll let you get back to it. Uh, any final final shots you got uh, for us before uh, we let you go? Yeah, I just think uh, I appreciate being on with you guys. And I tell you what, it's it, uh, week one, if we'd have been sitting here debating 13 and 0, uh, I mean, I think <laughs> we all would have been scratching our heads just going, there's no way. But what a what an awesome ride. And I don't think we're done yet. I really don't. It's been a lot of fun this season and appreciate the time on with Sierra Red and all you guys do and uh let's go let's go win a fiesta ball baby let's yes, do sir. it appreciate having you on yeah that's awesome thanks jason appreciate you man and uh i think uh producer 3000 we can bring in uh matt sprouse group of five guys let's uh get him lined up and ready to go 
It's real Florida. It's old Florida. And it's close to all of the Central Florida attractions, crystal clear natural springs, and one of the largest chain of lakes. The beautiful lakefront city of Leesburg offers the best in outdoor adventures, fishing, and quaint shops and restaurants on historic downtown Main Street. Come visit and see how welcoming a hometown city feels. Experience Leesburg the way Florida is meant to be. Matt Sprouse joining us from the group of five guys. Matt, have you been to Leesburg, Florida? You know, was that the Magic Kingdom uh, in that one picture there? It was. It was. You got the I Magic will, Kingdom? I'll yeah. be there tomorrow. You're going? <laughs> Promise. Honestly, I'll be there tomorrow. What are you hitting, Magic Kingdom? Hitting Magic Kingdom. I'm, I'm staying at uh, the Margaritaville uh, Friday night through Sunday night, and I'm hitting Magic Kingdom Saturday, Sunday with the wife and my two little ones. It is going to be uh, interesting. So, No lie. Matt, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I am the reigning Margaritaville poolside bingo champion <laughs> December 2021. I'm dead serious. I wouldn't be shocked if they had a little plaque. I'll look for now, it. I spent a week at the Margaritaville. Uh, excellent time. You're going to love it. We love Leesburg. You got Magic Kingdom. You got kids playing cornhole. You got golf. You got a little bit of everything. Uh, and if I wasn't, so much of a Disney guy, Leesburg, definitely my number two uh, town amazing. in Florida. But uh, for those who are watching live, you can see we are joined by Mr. Matt Sprouse, a member of the group of five guys who were able to come down uh, or up from where they're at to, to Lynchburg, Virginia for the Conference USA Championship game. Matt, tell us a little bit about your experience and what you thought of Lynchburg, Virginia. Man, I think uh, if you've been, if you follow us on Twitter, I think uh, people are not happy that we had a good time. I mean, God forbid. Um, but I think that it should be mandatory before you say some of the things that the people are saying on Twitter right now that you have to take a visit up there. Um, but I mean, from a from a you know visitor's perspective, I mean, first of all, just the town or city of Lynchburg, beautiful place, um, campus facilities. I mean, un un unbelievable. I mean, I think you know we've been. Uh, We've been big supporters of App State um, over a couple of years, you know, since we've been doing this group of five guys thing. And I think I can say that Liberty is the only place that we've been that just the entire setting rivals that of Boone as far as, you know, the mountains in the background, the stadium's beautiful. You, you guys, you, in my opinion, you guys' stadium and facilities are are nicer. They may have the better mountains. Um but you know both you know both fan bases incredible um little different tailgate scene for you know for multiple different reasons but student sections great both of them i mean we we couldn't have had a better time in lynchburg and i know that upsets about 59 other um group of five football programs but it's too bad Hey, Matt, I appreciate uh, you guys coming out and hanging out with us and and uh, spreading some uh, Liberty cheer at this point of, uh, of the year. But, uh, uh, you know, Liberty plays at App State down in Boone next year. That started a home-and-home -home series. I'm looking forward to that. I'll definitely be down there for that one. But, but Matt, you talked about some of the, the hate that, uh, you know, 
I don't know if it's not necessarily directed at, at you guys at the group of five guys, but just directed towards Liberty. I mean, you, I think you guys put out a tweet. Was it yesterday or the day before about, you know, do we want Liberty to, to win uh, or in the in the Fiesta Bowl against Oregon, you know, supporting a fellow group of five guys, uh, group of five team. Uh, and you guys, you know, got a lot. You see what we deal with on occasion. Yeah. But uh, what are your thoughts about some of that that hate? I mean, it's pretty funny. I, well, I shouldn't say it's funny because I think a lot of people actually like sincerely feel a certain way about Liberty, unfortunately. So I don't want to like make a mockery of it from a football perspective. I think if you're a group of five fan, I think if you're not rooting for Liberty to win this game, I think you're insane because if what happens to Liberty is whatever, if whatever happens is what everybody thinks is going to happen, which is an Oregon blowout, it's a disaster for any group of five team for the next several years, because it's going to be a stain. It's just like, in my opinion, T uh, Florida state, in my opinion, got left out of the playoff this year, simply because TCU got blown out last year. They got nothing to do with each other, but they're not quote unquote, the same brand as the Alabamas and Georgia. So I think if Liberty gets beat handily, I think if you're a Tulane or a Troy or a Boise state, I think next year, Yes, one team is going to get in the playoff, but if you're if there's a second team, if there's two 13 and 0s next year or a 13 and 0 and a 12 and 1 or 11 and 2, I want to get two teams in there, but you never will if Liberty gets beat handily. So, that's why I think you got to win um as far as the hatred goes. I mean, look, like I said earlier, I think before you have a strong opinion on a lot of these things, I think you should go. And I think that if you disagree with um, what Liberty stands for and you think that the fans and, and people of Lynchburg, um, you know, hate pe certain people or certain demographics, I think you should go because I because I, I would bet I would bet my 401k that if you went and you were any of the demographics that people claim are hated at Liberty, I think you would get treated just as well as we got treated. Um, so I, and I, and I also, I mean, when it comes to football, I also think like, guys, it's not that serious, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, there, there's, you know, there's players in every locker room, there's coaches in it on every staff, administrators of all different walks of life. And that's what, that's what makes football such a separate thing, like from the rest of the world. Sorry, I went on there, but no, no you're good. No, you're good. And I'll say two things to it is, is number one, Twitter, social media, whatever uh, it, the, the case may be, uh, is not real life. I mean, if you go out here and and meet people in person and look them in the eye and, and have a real conversation with them, uh, you know, it's not the same thing. You know, I, I mean, I. I wear Liberty stuff everywhere I go and, and I always get positive comments and, and uh, you know, conversations start up and, and things like that and never get all this stuff you see online. So that's the first thing I say. The second thing is kind of what you, you already said, Matt, is, you know, is what I, I try to tell, you know, whether it's recruits or, or other coaches or other fan bases is, you know, just come to Lynchburg and check it out for yourself. Liberty is not what a lot of people think it is. Uh, they have a lot of, uh, you know, um, cliches that go around online about, you know, who we are and, and what we stand for. And it's not true. Uh, you come in and meet the people of Liberty and meet the fans that that uh, are sitting in the stands at Williams Stadium or Liberty Arena for a basketball game day. It, it's not 
Uh, I think you'll be welcomed. You know, we love our, our team. We love our flames and we'll support them and, and uh, may go back and forth a little bit during the game. But uh, before the game, after the game, we'll shake your hand. We'll uh, meet up with you, go out and, and uh, ha- have, uh, have some food and, uh, you know, hang out and, and that sort of stuff. And uh, that's all I'll, I'll say about that is, is first of all, social media is not real life. And second of all, you know, if, if you're questioning Liberty, which I know a lot of people on listening to this or, you know, maybe we're getting some Oregon fans watching, but uh, they're already Liberty fans. But if, if you're not, you know, come on out and, and check us out. Come out to a football game, you know, reach out to us at a Sea Red. We're happy to uh, to meet up with you and show you where to to hang out to, to get the the true meaning of, of what Liberty is all about. But uh, appreciate you, Matt, and and, uh, and the work you guys do, a group of five guys, and and uh, it, it means a lot. And uh, glad you guys are able to experience Lynchburg and Liberty for yourself. A hundred percent. And we do just a little teaser. We got that game in Boone penciled in because, uh, I mean, like I said, it's two of our favorite places, two of our favorite programs. So I'm um, excited for that. Um, and I'm going to say, you know, we're going to keep, we're going to keep calling it how we see it. And, uh, you know, if that gets us canceled or, uh, you know, we, we, we're pretty good at handling the Twitter mob too. I, I kind of, I kind of enjoy, I kind of enjoy going back and forth with it. Uh, that's what I like about Twitter. Um, so if we keep getting mobbed on Twitter, it's good for us. It's more clicks for us. Um, and so, you know, whatever. Uh, but no, we appreciate you guys. I think you're going to see some Oregon fans or whoever goes to the Fiesta Bowl that are going to have a different opinion on you guys after um, after next weekend. Um, and I think that'll help, too. And uh, we could just. Listen, Liberty better not play conservative. Y'all go in there to win that thing. Don't pull a no, Cincinnati no. and go ultra conservative like they did against Bama a couple years ago. Go to win. No, I, you get beat by three touchdowns. Who cares? So does everybody I, else in the New Year's six. We're just happy to be here. Scare money don't make no money. So no, I I, I think we're we're going all in. And, and to your point, John and Matt, if we were four and eight, there would be no one on Twitter talking about us. So the fact that we're thirteen and zero and going to the New Year's Six Bowl, at such a massive yeah, you're going to get haters. There's always going to be haters, but it is what it is. So transitioning a little bit to the overall uh, group of five across the country, what are your thoughts so far? Bowl season, group of five showing up. Any surprises? Uh, anything you're looking forward to across this entire bowl season? I mean, you, you know, it is hard to, in, in all seriousness, it is hard to have any kind of um, opinion on the bowls because all the teams have guys that are in the mm-hmm. portal. They got half their coaching staff gone. I mean, you know, Troy has Duke on Saturday, and just today it gets leaked that the DC is going to Tulane, which I, I think that's a, I think that's another problem we have. Um, uh, w- with some of these leaks happening, um, you know, it happened for Coastal last year when Chadwell came came to Lynchburg. So um, it's hard to really judge. Fortunately, uh, well, yeah, I mean, even you guys got guys in the portal. Oregon's got guys in the portal. It seems like most of the, you know, one and two deep are going to be out there playing. Um, so it's a good test on that end. But, I mean, look, we talked about it on our show. You have th- this early transfer portal and signing period window in my opinion is the biggest problem because it's it's the snowball effect from there early signing period makes you got to open the portal early makes the athletic departments have to hire their next coach as fast as they can to get this first signing class in so it just i mean it, it just puts everything back and i mean you have you have the qb2 at texas 
playing for a national championship that's not going to play because he's in the portal. But it's not his fault because he has to get in the portal because mm-hmm. otherwise he's not going to have a place to play next year. So, you know, that that's you asked me about bowl games, but, um, you know, surprises. I don't think anything can ever surprise you in bowls. Um, I think looking forward, I think, you know, specific to Liberty, I think if if you if you go back to Boise State in the Fiesta Bowl and they obviously they won that game, but they won that game and then they followed it up with regular season wins against, I think, Florida State. Oregon twice when LeGarrette Blunt punched that kid. Um, I think Virginia Tech they beat. So Boise State from that win just capitalized. And now they have the brand of nobody wants to play Boise State. Like put put it this way. If if seven and five Boise State was playing Oregon, nobody would be saying they're gonna get beat by 30 points. And they went whatever they went, seven and five, eight and five after the championship. So just because of the brand. So I think if you're Liberty and you win or whatever happens, and I think if any power five teams are even willing to put you on the schedule and you, you beat them for the next couple of years, I think, you know, whatever, whatever's in store for, for Liberty, whether it be staying in conference USA, going to the American, go, whatever happens, I think you'll have a brand that's big enough to, you know, get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to playoff nods and new year six nods in the future. Matt, we'll uh, we'll let you get out of here soon. Uh, just a second. Uh, one one question I got for you is, uh, you know, maybe looking ahead to this next week of the bowl slate uh, of what games are coming up. You got a lot of them on Saturday and and going into next week as you get towards uh, New Year's. Uh, for, for from the group of five perspective, what are some games? You mentioned the Troy and Duke game. That's that's one that I'm kind of looking forward to. They both have head coaches that have left and and a lot of uh, you know question marks on both sides there. But uh, any other games that that you're kind of looking at that you're, you circled that you, you know, as much must watch TV for you as we, uh, you know, move into the holiday season here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going on right now, this South Florida Syracuse game. Uh, and I, I haven't looked at it. I got it on record. So hopefully I can, I don't know what's happening, but I think anytime you're a team like South Florida or some of these teams that had um, a kind of overachieved in a new coach's first year, I think it's good to see, what kind of momentum they can get going into the next year. Uh, so there you go. I'm looking at the chat, 14, nothing South Florida bulls. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and then, yeah, Troy, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Troy. Troy's another program that's you know, been really good to us, really helpful to us. Love going down to Troy. Um, they've got a really good, solid brand, solid program. So we're always any, any group of five versus power five. Of course, we're rooting for the group of five. Um, you know, I, I really, before the bowl season started, I circled that App State and Miami game, which it probably didn't go the way anybody thought, but it was still an awesome game to watch, just as sloppy and rainy and all that as it was. And that's, you know, that's what that's what the bowl games are, man. They're fun. It's a reward for the players for having a great season. So, yeah, get to, get to see two teams that normally would never play one another. That's right. Like Rutgers, Miami, like just a, a weird uh yep. duke troy like you mentioned just a, a fun opportunity but matt richie you always got to get the Rutgers uh love yeah here, you had you to know? get that northeast yeah <laughs> uh, come on i got i got, I got to uh, a little bit but but matt thank you so much for joining us as as always you and the rest of your crew uh are, are so amazing online and, and you've been so great to us let the people know uh how can they hear more a little bit about y'all uh and all that good stuff yeah i mean first of all thank you guys and and thank Liberty. I mean, that's, that's what helps us the most is whenever a program or, or, you know, 
a tailgate or a, a collective or whoever kind of welcomes us in like you guys did. That's what helps us grow and get our message out the most. But uh, all the social platforms at group of five guys, Twitter is the most fun. So if you want to, we're about to, we, we fight for y'all. So if you're not on Twitter and you, you're like, why does everybody hate Liberty? We're in, we're on the battlefield with the flames. Um, but Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at group of five guys. And then we do a live podcast every Tuesday night. It's on YouTube, Apple podcast, Spotify. It also streams on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and then during the season, which of course we don't have anymore. We're, we've been doing a live show every Saturday morning um, in place of game day. So love any clicks, any likes, reviews, subscriptions, follows, all that helps. Um, we really appreciate all of it. And, uh, Go Flames, baby. Let's do Hold it. Hold it down for the G5. Virginia's best and most flames-friendly coffee comes from Ironclad Coffee Roasters. Ironclad Roasters serves up their beautiful beans at two cafes in Richmond, where you can enjoy the craft roasted specialty beans anywhere in the country by visiting www.ironcladcoffee.com. Place your order there, and it will be directly shipped to your doorstep. Whenever you find yourself in the capital of the Commonwealth, pay them a visit at one of the two cafes in the Richmond area. Ironclad's owners, the O'Rourke family, are proud Flames Club members season ticket holders. Now they'll please sponsor the podcast from CRA. Hop over to www.ironcladcoffee.com now to get your Virginia's best specialty coffee headed your way. What I would give for this to be some ironclad iced coffee right now. It's not. It's water. I just got off the Peloton. Not a big deal. But Always shout out to Ironclad. Incredible coffee, incredible people, great sponsor to our show. Uh, and speaking of great things, the chat this evening has been wild, awesome. Uh, we're seeing people talking about other games. We're seeing people talking about Liberty, the bracket challenge. We will get to that. We saw someone that was on the first Liberty football team on there like, we gotta, we gotta get this guy on the the podcast. Like, You're exactly right. This is what awesome. are we doing? Like this guy, we need uh, him on. Like Charles Hardage, yeah, Jug, Charles, Jughead. Whenever you want, yeah, Jughead. Whenever you want to come on the podcast and talk about your experience, please feel free. Uh, because it's it's people like that over the years. Uh, those players, the Mike Brown, the Chris Summers. Uh, since I've been uh, associated with Liberty that set the stage that allowed for this to happen. And for this, we're talking about the Fiesta Bowl. So, John, we're going to be down in Scottsdale, Arizona. Have you been to Scottsdale before, John? I've never been to the state of Arizona. Oh. I, uh, I've not ventured much west of the Mississippi. I'm an East Coast guy, born and raised. Mm -hmm. But uh, I did live in Colorado for one year, so I did some sightseeing around uh, Colorado, the Rocky Mountains. I uh, got into Utah a little bit, but but I've never been to Arizona, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my wife and I, we were actually uh, a little while ago watching some videos online of, of some you know must-see attractions and things to do in the Phoenix area. I think we're going to go to a Suns game one night. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so looking forward to that. Uh, my, my kids have never been to an NBA game, so that'll be a first for them. Uh, so that'll be fun, but, uh, never been to Arizona. I'm looking forward to it. We'll be staying in Scottsdale. Got a lot of team events. I think, uh, Saturday night's a, a pep rally mm -hmm. at the team hotel. We'll be over there and, and, uh, Sunday there's more, there, there's so yeah, much I stuff going on. I can't even keep it all straight, but I'm looking forward to it all. Yeah. I think Sunday night battle of the bands at the Phoenix zoo. 
And then after that, anyone who is going to be in Scottsdale, uh, if you've never been, Old Town is the place to be. Old Town has uh, a bunch of restaurants, a bunch of stores, a bunch of places to, to just hang out, grab, grab yourself a beverage of choice. And we are going to be putting together a little meet and greet. We haven't announced this yet. I've been negotiating nonstop with Boondocks, Patio, uh, Bar and Grill. And we're going to be there New Year's Eve from around 8.30 to 10.30. We told them we're coming in with a crew. Uh, and they said, come on in. Give us, uh, give us your best. So 8.30, Boondocks, Patio, Bar and Grill. Make sure you come out. We are all going to be there. There's going to be some special guests there, and it's just going to be a great opportunity to hang out before the ball drops. If you want to get to bed before the excitement of the New Year's uh, game and all that, feel free. If you want to hang out and uh, keep the party going all night, that is an option as well. Yeah, I'm excited we, we... to see how John handles New Year's Eve. No, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how uh, Mr. Longshots handles it as well. But uh, especially when you got a game the next morning at 11 a.m. is kickoff. But uh, no, we've had one of these uh, meet and greets uh, every year at, at a bowl game, and there's so much fun. I remember back to the first Cure Bowl, uh, Chad and I were there. We met a lot of uh, parents of, of Liberty players. Uh, met Mrs. Buckshot. Uh, that that was a lot of fun. Buckshot's mm-hmm. mom and and uh, got, got to know a lot of parents of, of the players and, and other fans and and uh, Dennis Fields, who a lot of you have gotten to know. We actually met him at the very first Cure Bowl. That's how Chad and I first met him, and and uh, be, we've become good friends since then. But uh, you know, it's so much fun. So uh, if you're going to be in Phoenix, going to be in Arizona, come on out Sunday night. Uh, Boondocks Patio uh, Bar and Grill, or, or I think is what it's called. Yep. That's we'll it, right? Put it all out on social yeah. media. Yeah, we'll put it out on social media. I'll probably put an article out on a CRED as well with the information. But it's going to be New Year's Eve, about eight thirty. It's you know almost walking distance. It's in Old Town. It's almost walking distance to the the team hotel, the Flames Club Hotel, uh, where we're staying in Scottsdale. So make sure you you stop by there and. And uh, we told them we're expecting 200 plus Liberty fans. So yes. uh, come on out there and and uh, let let's let's have a big showing of of Liberty fans in the red. And one of those people that are going to be there is going to be producer 3000, and we want to bring him on right now because there's a lot that uh, we could talk about. Where on TV can you watch the game? Game's going to be on ESPN, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. live. So I just saw that. Uh, in the chat. So producer 3000, first off, you're muted. So I'll give you a moment uh, to do that while I ask the question. Hey, how are you living this Thursday night? Uh, I brought back the trucker headset. This is for you. This is uh, in, yep, honor of, you. in honor of Richie's first season on the podcast last year. Uh, I got roasted. I got to turn down my uh, volume. You sounding good, Mr. Uh, 3000. Thank you. I work hard on this. Hey, uh, let's run through some topics really quick uh, while, while we're here. First of all, uh, Richie, what is uh, one thing – John, I think the basketball team is going to be – I mean, the football team is going to be at the same Suns game you are, so that'll be cool. Uh, Richie, what's the thing you're looking forward to most in Phoenix besides the game? Uh, what is the one thing that you're like, I'm excited for this? I loved the, the – I think it was the Battle of the Bands last year. Uh, just getting everyone that – that was the moment where I went, this is a bowl game. This is different than just your normal – Saturday college football game. You got fans of the opposing team more than than you know normally would be. It's a neutral site game. 
the the music's playing liberty fans you're seeing people you haven't seen in forever you're you're meeting people that you have only interacted with on twitter and, and i know there's a lot of people that are going to the bowl game uh that getting a chance to meet for the first time so having that community we have such a strong community on twitter getting everyone together getting everyone at events like the the pep rally battle of bands our meet and greet that we're having uh just to to come together to celebrate the, this common thing that we all uh support i think is just it's going to be awesome john what about you uh, I hate to to say it, but it's boondocks. I mean, how can you not? I mean, I love that every year. Yeah, that's a too. highlight having that that time to just kind of relax and, and sit back. And there's no work to be done. We're just there hanging out with fellow Liberty fans and and uh, shooting the breeze, getting to know people we've never met. Like Richie was saying, getting to uh, uh, hang out with people we haven't seen in a long time. And and uh, the whole Sea of Red crew is going to be there. All three of us here on the screen, we're going to be there. Uh, Chad's wife and son's coming. My wife will be there and, and my two girls and and uh, Richie will be there. Zeke's going to be there. The whole crew is going to be there. CT will be there. He's he's sick tonight, so unfortunately can't, uh, can't make it on the show. But uh, Boondocks is so, – well, I've never been to Boondocks, but the Sea of Red meet and greet is so much fun each and every year. Like I said, we've done it every year uh, at, at the previous bowl games, and, and it's so much fun. But, uh, you know – you can't beat it, you know, spending New Year's, spending Christmas, whatever it is, uh, every year it changes the, the time, right? But spending New Year's this year with, with Liberty fans uh, in, in somewhere other than Lynchburg, it's not going to be cold. I mean, it's like 20 degrees this morning. Uh, it's not going to be that in, in Glendale. I've had, the, had it on my app on my phone uh, since the announcement. And every day, just about, I check and say, okay, it's 32 here. Well, it's 58 in Glendale, so I'm looking forward to to the to the warm weather. But but yeah, that that meet and greet uh, Sunday night is, is number one on the list. How about you, Chad? Uh, my favorite thing, honestly, is traveling, like being on the planes and in the airports, and like to and from the hotel and seeing so much, so many other flames. It's so cool to like know that there's a ton of people, uh, somewhere to the tune of four to five thousand other people who care about this football program enough to spend all this money and travel and watch them play. Um, that to me is the really cool part is uh, just the, the whole thing that comes like, I, I just enjoy the traveling piece of it and just being out there, being away from Lynchburg and seeing that many flames fans. So it's not one particular event. It's just like, you're going to see so much red and so much flames gear and so many people that you thought, you know, never would, would do something like this, that you're the only, you're the only person that cares this much. You're not, there's 5,000 others that are just like you who, who love the flames the same way you do. So um, that's kind of uh, one of the top things I'm looking forward to um, boys. We got some other topics we got to get to. I, I know this is the producer coming out in me, but we've got about, you, you, we you got guys. About minutes left and i want um we got as much time as we we need chad we, yeah we're not but, on any time schedule i know but for, for the people here we got to get to this they've been watching for an hour for you guys to talk about ltbc liberty twitter bracket challenge um john you want to tell us uh, a little bit of history about the liberty twitter bracket challenge in 30 seconds or less and then richie you want to try to summarize what we're doing uh this coming year so yeah, Liberty Twitter Bracket Challenge. It started 
uh, was it over COVID? Maybe the year before COVID? I can't remember. It's been been three years running, I guess, now. So uh, it's either the year of COVID or right after COVID. And uh, it's just just a way for, you know, it kind of was a spontaneous uh, thought one night that, that we had. And and uh, we put it into action, and it just kind of took over. It was crazy. And, and uh, we've got a belt. You know that uh, Miss Jenna Nicely was a winner last year, so she sports that belt. If you've seen her at at Liberty events uh, this year, this past year, she's been wearing that uh, loud and proud. And and uh, it's basically a way for us to. Uh, there, there's Miss Jenna in the comments there, but it's basically a way for us to, you know, ultimately reward the person or the Twitter account that most represents Liberty on social media on Twitter. And uh, but you know we it's a 64 person bracket and you do head to head voting and, and uh, that that's uh, the whole history of it, but it, it kind of has taken off with, you know, coaches have gotten into it and, and uh, putting their faith and support behind one candidate. And, and uh, it, it's been a lot of fun and, and it's actually how we uh, got to, to know and, and, and meet a lot of Liberty fans over the years. So, so uh, I, somebody must've scored Richie, what just happened? Rashid Shahid caught a banger of a touchdown pass. I may or may not have a parlay. Him and Tyler Higby both over 50 receiving yards, plus 1,800. We're in a good spot right now. Okay, so anyways, that's the history of the LTBC. Uh, Jenna won it last year. The yeah. Jokers won it the year before. Yeah. And uh, we're looking to have another winner of the belt this coming year. But uh, we're going to change it up a little bit. Uh, Richie, you want to talk about that? Yeah. Change is important, and change is inevitable. And there are so many people on Liberty Twitter, and it has grown so much over the last year specifically. And there are so many people that do so many different things. And we want to take an opportunity to recognize not just one person, but we want to recognize everyone that contributes to our entire fan base. So we're going to be having an award show. And we are going to be having categories. Now, we have some categories in our head now. Yes, we are going to do Liberty Twitter Person of the Year, and they are going to win the belt. But we're going to have other categories as well. You know, the Oscars is not just Best Picture. There are going to be a bunch of other categories, and we're going to leave that up to the people. I say I'm a man of the people. We're going to leave it up to the people. So we're going to open up after the ball game because we're playing in a late ball, so that's going to push the – uh, all the Twitter fun back a little bit, which to me, it's worth it. When we come back from, from, from the bowl and all the activities, we're going to open it up to everyone on Twitter. We're going to say, what categories are you looking for? Some that I already know I'm all in on. Burner account, of the, burner account of the year. Hater of the year. Debate of the year. Night of the year. Whatever tweet of the year. Think, tweet of the year. We're going to open it up to the people. We're going to say, what categories do you think we should recognize? What about, we're what about sit the as troll, a account, troll account of the year? Troll account of the year. We're going to try uh, to keep it positive the best we can. And, and, yeah. and that gives a good opportunity here to talk about why we're making the change. Basically, look, uh, there was a lot with uh, voting bots and uh, purchased votes and going online. And honestly, putting people against each other was a lot of politicking. Um, you know, it was all in good fun and most people had a lot of fun with it, but you know, it just turns into like, you know, one versus the other, whereas this will be more like all of us in this together. Plus, um, you know, it's not going to be just like a big, uh, 
political campaign. It's not going to be just who can go out and get the most votes, who can buy the most votes. It's going to be, you know, and honestly, through all of that last year, um, I thought the right person has won the belt every year. Jenna deserved the belt because of what she did on social media and and fan the flames. But uh, this is a way to ensure that the correct person wins the belt in terms of who deserves it, who the panel and the committee deserves. So there are going to be uh, there are going to be several um, members of the committee of the panel. So it's going to be kind of like the college football playoff committee, where there's going to be like eight of us uh, hoping to announce those folks here coming up soon. Um, Jenna, not sure if you can run again, but uh, it'll be fun. Maybe she probably can't win the belt again because it's fun to pass it around, but she can be up for a different award, right? I mean, maybe not the Liberty Twitter person of the year, but she can be up for a different award. Uh, But yeah, it's going to, we're going to have a committee. Uh, The three of us will be on that committee and some others from outside the Sea Red community, as well as uh, others still within it. I'm sure Zeke will be on there as well, too. So uh, and I think, you know, kind of to add to what Chad was saying is it's uh, I think a little bit of the the LTBC kind of it got, you know, I don't want to say out of control, but it got out of control and and it became very political and divisive and people were attacking each other and, and that sort of stuff. And that's not the purpose behind it, you know, because it was like this account against this account. That's not what we intended it for was to uh, continue to fan the flames together. And, and it has done that, I do believe. But uh, we don't want it to be divisive and political. We want it to be uh, something that we all can rally behind together. So uh, like Richie was saying, you know, right after the bowl game, you can go ahead and do it now. But right after the bowl game, we'll be out there on, on social media. You know, let us know what categories we should include. And then we're also going to ask for you to nominate people. You can nominate yourself. You can nominate others for these different categories. And uh, Richie, do we uh, we're still trying to figure out all the details, but we're going to do that in January. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, first week's going to be, hey, what kind of categories do we want? Next week is going to be nominations, and then the committee is going to deliberate. Uh, And I can assure you that if you go undefeated in your conference, you will not be left out for a We don't uh, care about injuries. We don't care about about injuries. injuries. So if you do get hurt, um, it is what it is. Uh, We will not penalize you. Uh, But we're looking for excitement. I just saw, CJ just said, can I still do a press conference? Yes. We want people making videos. If you think you are the burner account of the year, we want a video proving that. If you think you are the Twitter account of the year, we want videos to prove it. We want people going all out, plead your case, plead your friends' case, hitch your wagon to who you think uh, it's going to be. We are going to announce nominations, and then we're going to have an award show. And it's going to be, you know, I don't think anyone's going to get slapped like it's the Oscars, but we're going to do it big. We're going to do it large. We're going to have guests. We're going to have people announcing awards, all that stuff. And it's going to be positive. It's going to be an opportunity for for everyone to come together to celebrate Liberty Twitter, to celebrate all the amazing things that have happened uh, over the last 13 months. And I'm excited about it. I know Chad and John are as well. Uh, And I I think everyone else will be too. 
Yeah. So a uh, very good idea to uh, kind of pull it all together and not and fan the flames together. That's what the whole thing was about was to get learn, learn new accounts on there. So there's probably going to be a new contributor of the year type account and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, Newcomer of the year. There newcomer of the year. So it'll be a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, you know, if you make. Uh, <laughs> yes, CJ. Um, hey, guys, I have an idea. This is fresh off the dome here. What about if you are a past winner of the belt and are no longer up for the belt, you're part of the committee. So uh, Jenna's, a, Jenna's a part I of the voting it. committee and we'll I'm go on back. Um, so, so that way they can have a, a, a say in who, who deserves that. And, and Zach, I know you're trying to be funny, but is it most deserving or best uh, account? Honestly, this is, gives us a good, good opportunity uh, to say that it's the account that the committee deems fan the flames the best on social media in 2023 so that's kind of what what the uh you know there's a lot of debate about who who is the best who's the most deserving and who does the most politicking and all that kind of stuff but in in the committee's minds it's going to be who fan the flames the best in 2023 all right guys that was a lot of ltbc stuff uh what else do we have do we have any um any signing other day signing Quick signing day yeah, uh, let me give some stats real quick. I, I wrote that article, and they're fresh on my my mind. We have six guys who uh, had Power Five offers. We had nine guys who had Georgia State offers. Six guys who had Charlotte offers. Um, eight guys who had Charlotte offers, and then six guys is where we had WKU. Uh, who are some of the others? ODU. So we recruited a lot of guys who had a lot of offers. But the main thing, John, that stands out to me to this class. And you mentioned it like five times in the press conference yesterday. I loved it every single time was how impressive it was to keep these power five offered guys as long as we did. Like normally in the recruiting cycle, you don't offer those guys that early because everybody jumps on them. Then their name starts spiking. And then they then if, if Liberty and Chadwell has offered somebody, then somebody one up is going to offer them and try to like snipe them. That's just how it happens. So um, every staff has a different philosophy, but Chadwell's staff decided to offer really early and get verbals really early and uh, kind of make that relationship, and they were able to hold on to them. So that's the one thing that stands out to me. Jaden Bradford, uh, Caden Williams. Uh, Christian you, Gregory. Christian Gregory, you name it. These guys could have gone mid-level to high-level ACC. Um, Jaden had SEC and everybody pretty much. But, you know, for them to stick to their commitment that long uh, shows – just really the connection they made with the group. So that's what stands out to me the most is how these early verbals stuck. And you don't see that a lot in college football. I mean, our, our previous staff and most other staffs, they don't do the, the early verbals like that because it's so hard to do. And we were 100%, literally 100%. All the ones that we verbaled that we wanted to keep as a verbal. Uh, you we know, were 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy because you look all across the country, you see the Dylan Rayola flipping, you see the kids that are jumping from USC to Colorado. Like I was, like, I was waiting. I'm not a big, I don't follow recruiting a ton, but I was very curious. Like, Hey, is someone going to jump last minute? Is someone going to switch? But the success that, that this team had this year and, you know, coach Chadwell and their staff, I think allowed that to, you know, have that you're batting a thousand. So uh, exciting to see for one year, it's it's only gonna keep moving in the right direction. What's your overall take, John, of the National Signing Day? 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you guys were saying. And, and one thing Coach Chadwell mentioned, uh, which I thought was really good, is is the majority of these guys locked into Liberty before we won, before we were 13-0, and mm-hmm. you know, before before Coach Chadwell had ever even coached at Liberty. Uh, this was back in the summer. A lot of these guys committed, you know, Bradford most notably, but but as well as some of these other guys. And, and I think about a guy like Caden Williams, a running back. I mean, he was a guy out of Georgia that could have gone a lot of places, including Power 5, even Georgia Tech. You know, close to home, closer than it is to, to Lynchburg uh, from Georgia. But but he decided to, to stick with his staff and to stick with Liberty. And and he comes into a room that doesn't lose anybody. I mean, that running back room is is stocked with talent and depth. Uh, you know, Cooley's back, Joiner's back, Billy Lucas is back, Vaughn Blue is back. Uh, you know, Aaron Bedgood is probably back. So it, it's a lot of talent there, and 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 Caden still decided to stick there. And, and, of course, some of those guys will be seniors next year, so there'll be room for them. But uh, and a lot of these guys, another thing about the roster where we've gotten, you know, last year we were pulling in a lot of guys we needed to play immediately. This year's class, a lot of them are going to be able to, you know, Probably redshirt, sit and learn behind some upperclassmen, some veteran, and get get time have time to adjust to the college game, the college life. Uh, so that that just shows the growth and development of, of this program. And I think um, you know we have to talk about Bradford a little bit more. I mean, you know, and 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 I'll I'll do it in two parts. And I'll start with saying like the rankings. Like I saw some questions and comments about you know the rankings. I don't really pay a ton of attention to the rankings at this level. Uh, you know, like Bradford, he was a top 10 quarterback in the country by pretty much every recruiting service back in the early spring. But then all of a sudden, you know, some of his uh, other teams that were recruiting him hard, you know, South Carolina, Florida, some others, they um, they got their quarterback commits in the class and and uh, Bradford uh, was still there and, and he started slipping down down the recruiting service rankings and then he commits to Liberty and he was a four star multiple places. Well, then all of a sudden he was uh, a three star everywhere. And because, uh, you know, you can't have a four star commit to a uh, four star QB commit to Liberty. So I'm not too worried not. about. I'm not too worried about the rankings. I mean, they, they take care of themselves and and it's more especially at the group of five level. It's more about, you know, identifying the talent and then being able to develop and and uh, coach freeze and his staff was able to do that and in the first year we saw that that coach chadwell and his staff could do it as well i'm looking forward to to seeing that when they have more time like they did with his staff but uh bradford is is a guy that you know again we'll have to wait and see when he gets on campus but he's a guy that you know hopefully have a year to sit behind caden salter and and uh, learn the game learn the system uh, but he could be a multi-year starter and really kind of help take this program to that next level, you know, because it's always the quarterback's the most important position. So for Coach Chad and his staff to to get that, get a guy like that, lock that in, uh, even back before they coach back in the summer is huge, and it can just be a huge uh, a building block for this this program moving forward. And and then um, one one other thing I did notice that he mentioned that the the two um, DBs could have potential like early, you know, play and early. I caught caught that and thought that that was good. But um, signing day, it was fun reading all the coverage. I, I stayed on the live blog all day. Uh, it was cool to have quotes from them. I thought, you know, that was something new that you've added this year. That was really fun to see the quotes from each of the the, the commits. Um, so, yeah, signing day, huge fun. It's always a blast on the mountain. I feel like that, you know, 
we, we keep on stacking these recruiting classes and things, but that doesn't even include portal guys. And I think mm-hmm. that, uh, that that's going to be a lot of fun too over the next couple of days. And it's just, you know, it, the excitement, everybody wants to be here and it's, uh, it's kind of showing, you know, when, whenever you're going to the new year's six or you have a really good run at a G five, normally you lose your coach. Look at Tulane, look at Troy, look at JMU. I mean, those are the top three or four G five programs in the country last year. Um, minus SMU who had Lashley, but, um, you know, it's rare to keep a coaching staff, the full staff. I mean, you know, there no indication that we're losing anybody. And, um, so it was kind of cool to, uh, kind of cool to, you know, keep that momentum going after a successful year like this. So, um, all right. That is a uh, signing day. Any, any other topics that you guys want to get to? Uh, I think we got to close out with Oregon. Uh, is that where we're we're at now? Talking about the yeah, Oregon Rich- game. Final thoughts on Oregon. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Richie. They're a good team. They lost to a team that is going to the College Football Playoffs uh, by three points twice. Could have gone. Yeah. Could have gone their way both times. Um, I, you know, I I love Zach. He, he's like, oh, enough of this. Happy to be here. I'm I'm, I'm happy to be here. Obviously, I want Liberty to win. Uh, I think if things go right, it, it can be a ball game. Um, but you keep Bo Nix on the sidelines, long, drawn out drives, couple shot plays, really run the ball. Uh, still, what are we, top five in the nation in turnovers still? Number two, number, number one two. in interceptions. Going to need at least two to win this game. Um and I, it's cliche, but special teams, it has been inconsistent all year. Uh, not knocking anyone. It is what it is. But, you know, game could come down to a field goal or making a field goal to get momentum going into the half or uh, a blocked punt. But I, I just think going to have to play that perfect game that Coach Shadwell has been saying is in there. It's waiting on it. But cautiously optimistic i think we can keep it within the number we haven't talked a lot of gambling spread is 17 over under 67 which i think is the highest bowl game don't quote me on that it's definitely one of the highest ones um but we'll see what happens happy to be here yeah i'm i'm also happy to be here i'll give you my one take for the oregon game at this point is i'm studying every day who is playing and who is not playing i really think that could impact oregon more than us. I think we kind of know where we stand. We're, you know, as far as contributors, it looks like Preston Hodge is maybe the one. Uh, it was a nickel corner, um, you know, verbaled and committed to Colorado. Will not be playing in the bowl game. Uh, but, I mean, Oregon, I, I still think that there's an opportunity for an NFL agent to get in Bo Nix's ear and say, hey, buddy, you uh, Maybe that can be your next career, Chad. Yeah. I mean, seriously, this is is how it happens. For those that don't pay a lot of attention in the offseason, this is how it happens. You sign an agent. The agent gives you two to three hundred, four hundred thousand upfront money, depending on where you're going to be drafted in the class. If you're a top three round draft pick, it's like four hundred thousand dollars upfront cash that you end up paying the agent back once you get drafted. Okay. But here's the deal. When they give you that four hundred, they say, but you can't play in the bowl game because we're not risking injury. 
and then they guide you through the rest of the draft process. No, you're not doing a pro day. Yes, you're going to the combine. You're only going to run at the combine. You're not going to throw or vice versa. So um, that agent that gives that $400,000 cash, here's what's changed is $400,000 cash is not life-changing to Bo Nix anymore. He's probably been making that plus some at in nil money so it's not like he's not coming from nothing all the way up till this one opportunity first time seeing big money is from an nfl agent so that's probably what's going on here is like all right he's already been earning this for like three years now uh two three years now so it's like the nfl agent's gonna have to up their money just a little bit if they want if they want to do that so um my guess is, though, at the end of the day, it's still two to three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars to not play in a game. And I'm guessing there's going to be five or six Oregon players who we don't know about yet between now and next week mm-hmm. say, I can't play in the game. And you saw one today. I liked one today. He just straight up said, I can't play because I'm, I can't risk the injury. It's too much money. And uh, I like that approach rather than, rather than, um, you know, any other approach. So my one take on the game is watch that closely over the next week. I don't think we're done there. I think that the agents really get it in uh, this week and uh, say, guys, if you want me to represent you um, and you want this money up front, then you need to uh, sit out of the bowl game. So hoping that happens a lot more for Oregon than it does for us. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. And and Richie, you kind of mentioned there the uh, UTSA quarterback just all of a sudden last minute, uh, you know, wasn't <laughs> going to play. It came out that day of the game, and and uh, the betting line was was going crazy. I think they were thirteen point favorites, and it dropped all the way to like seven or eight. So uh, they still covered both numbers, but but anyways, it um it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And once once you get to uh, to the bowl site, once you get out into Arizona, and there's a uh, media availability out there sometimes some of that information leaks out then uh so so we'll see they have open practices and things so you can see if you know a Bo Nix is not you know leading the first team offense right but um you know so so we'll see what happens there but yeah I mean I think you know we, we saw several comments tonight about you know like you were talking about Richie you know just happy to be here you know going to you know win the game yes we're going to win the game every every one of us on, on this uh, podcast is uh hoping liberty wins wants liberty to win and uh we think we have a chance to win i mean we're 13 and 0 you know we're we're not uh you know I, I don't expect us to to be embarrassed i don't expect us to to get blown out i do expect us to to cover the the spread there within 16 or 17 points whatever it ends up being and uh you know i think we'll have a chance to win now we have to play very good uh to be able to win the game near uh perfect football no turnovers uh, or maybe one but you have to win that turnover margin turnover battle uh you also have to have to force a couple Richie, you said you need it too i I agree with that two three turnovers uh you got to be good in the red zone you gotta you know turn their touchdowns into field goals in the red zone. You have to make sure you finish drives with points and touchdowns in the red zone. You can't get down to in inside the 10-yard line and have to settle for field goals. I, th- I think we'll see a much more aggressive Jamie Chadwell and Willie Korn in, in their play calling. I think we'll be uh, more aggressive going for it on fourth down. I mean, we got nothing to lose. You know, I think we'll go for it on, on a fourth and one at our own 38. You know, if, if that happens, I think, you know, if we have a fourth and goal at the two yard line, we're probably going to go for the seven. Uh, so I think you'll see a lot of that. But you have to capitalize on those opportunities. You have to, uh, you know, play close to perfect football. But 
we can do it. Crazier things have happened. Uh, I think we have a chance to win. I, I do think I do expect there to be a respectable showing. I think at the end of the game, a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, people out here that uh, are, are, are making fun of Liberty and and how we shouldn't even be in the game and how we're a high school team and all that. They obviously are uneducated and haven't watched Liberty uh, this year or previous years. I mean, this is a team that, you know, Again, I'm not saying I'm not trying to compare Oregon to Arkansas or Wake Forest or BYU of last year, but there's a lot of comments saying, "Oh, Liberty's never played or hasn't played a Power Five team. They're going to get absolutely destroyed." Well, you know, we had a lot of the same players on this team last year, and they beat Arkansas on the road mm-hmm. in SEC country. They dominated BYU, who's now in the Big 12. They uh, were within one point of a top 25 Wake Forest team, and, and if they got that two-point conversion there the last a minute of the game, they win that game on the road. We don't talk about that anymore. Okay, we don't talk about it anymore, but uh, and that was with uh, uh, their quarterback who's now at, who transferred to Notre Dame, and um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that was a very talented team. So, again, I'm not comparing those teams to Oregon, but I'm just saying this team, a lot of its players – have that experience of playing that level competition. They're not going to be intimidated by it. They're not going to be intimidated by the moment. They're going to go out and play loose, play free. Look, they played with pressure the entire season trying to go undefeated, and it didn't phase them. It didn't rattle them. They were you know, not moved by that. So uh, I don't think they'll be uh, phased or rattled by the moment or the opponent uh, on New Year's Day. And and I think we'll certainly have a, have a great shot at pulling out the win, but again, you're going to need some help. You know, uh, you know, Oregon's a, a very good team, the best team Liberty has ever played, ever in the history of the program. Oregon is the best team we've ever played. But uh, I, I'll, uh, you know, go down fighting with with our guys, and, and I hope they can pull out the win. All right, uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Is my final Merry word. Christmas. Uh, appreciate everybody watching, listening, following, subscribing. Um, and, uh, John Richie, uh, you guys killed it this year. Every single episode, I learned a ton, had a lot of laughs and, uh, you guys are always, uh, consistently here every week and, uh, much appreciate you guys, uh, you guys doing this. So, uh, Merry Christmas, everybody, John, uh, Richie, you guys have want to go ahead and close it out. You guys have any final thoughts? Yeah, no, uh, appreciate you, uh, being the producer 3000 for us this year, Chad, new role for you and, and, uh, Richie as well. It's been fun to co-host with you all season. It's been a, a podcast year to, uh, to remember. We got some, uh, special things coming up after the bowl game. This is our final show before the, the bowl game, but we'll have a, uh, postmortem after, uh, after the uh, festivities in Arizona and we'll recap, uh, the year that was, we'll recap the, uh, the bowl game and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. But, uh, Richie, it's been a lot of fun, man. Close us out. It, it's it's been incredible. Again, Merry Christmas to to everyone who has been supporting us for the last three months uh, on Twitter, uh, on YouTube, on Facebook. Again, it costs nothing to like and subscribe. Think of it as a Christmas gift to us, and it costs you nothing. Uh, so, just an incredible season. Uh, and, and thank you to to Chad and John for going. Yeah, this idiot on Twitter, he might make a decent co-host. And uh, it, it, I, I, once a day, I'm like, how, how did this all happen? Uh, and it is just incredible. The, the fans have been awesome. And you two, again, specifically uh, leading that charge. So, again, Merry Christmas to, to everyone. We'll see you all on Twitter. And as always, stay hydrated, stay blessed, stay fly. We'll see you in Scottsdale and then after the bowl game. Thank you.